Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the finale of Sunday Sessions, Volume 2, featuring the amazing, amazing panel of guests that I have brought today. I'm so excited to finish up Sunday Sessions with you guys. If you've tuned into every episode, thank you so much for being with us. This is a passion project of mine. It's so important for me to uplift the voices of all of us. Black wrestlers and wrestlers of color within this industry. And I hope that these conversations have not only been insightful and inspiring, but educational and gives you an insight into our world and what it's like to be us. As I mentioned, I have some incredible guests joining me. And if you just watched episode nine, then you'll know I'm car- we're carrying over for episode 10 with the amazing same panel, Mr. Nafam Barrington Hughes, The Church's Money Black G's. What up? What up? Mr. Ali Steele and the incredible Huck, Will Huckabee. Hey, guys. Man, get ready to get canceled, girl. <laughs> oh, Let's do it. Already. What's going on? Start. Well, <laughs> so we just finished episode nine where we talked about all skin folk and kin folk, as well as the double standard in wrestling for Black wrestlers or wrestlers of color versus our white counterparts. And so because you're always the most vocal and you stress me out the most, you go first, Will, <laughs> sharing your thoughts on the second topic, all skin folk and kin folk. And oh, since we're man. ending Black History Month, I think that's important for us to start with for sure. Man, let, let's, let's, before we even talk about that, let's talk about how um, on, during Black History Month, they decided, WWE decided to debut a white woman who was built like a sister, and of course, get all that fanfare. Uh, and then, you know, black wrestling Twitter just dying over this woman while not giving the same respect and the same kudos to black female wrestlers who's built just like her. Anybody else see anybody else notice that? They ain't pissed nobody else off but me. I, I'm not watching the product. Watch yeah, who um, who are you talking about? Because I'm not honestly watching the product. Who debuted? Some Nikita chick is like Nikita something. I don't know. I don't really watch it. It's just oh, the girl in NXT. I know who you're referring. Yeah, the NXT chick with the you know. Don't get me wrong. She's very attractive, but I I know personally black female wrestlers who have been told they need to tone up and lose weight in order to be TV appropriate. You know what I'm saying? Raising raising the hand. That's all of us, though. What do you say, G's? No, I mean, I, I, I saw it. I saw her, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I mean, I didn't get pissed off because at this point, we already know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's something that's just never going to change. So, like, at this point, it's really, like, I don't get pissed off about it anymore because it's it's, it's never going to change, you know what I mean? And uh, and what Will said is true. I mean, there, there's been several sisters that are, that, are, um, that, are, that are built that way, you know what I mean? And they don't get... They don't get the opportunities and you know what i'm saying we know why so again man it's like it's, it's one of those toxic things in the wrestling business that's just never going to change i mean it can if more people you know what i'm saying speak up about it but at this point it's never going to change because not everybody is not everybody going to be on the same page as far as speaking up because they'll worry about getting heat they'll worry about losing bookings they'll worry about this and that when for real for real when every if, if everybody were to stick together, then changes can be made. But up to this point, everyone doesn't, you know what I'm saying, on the same page. Wrestling in general. Absolutely. Ali, what did you say? Wrestling in general has always been, it's just like everything else. Um it's always been a white sport, a white entertainment base. Even back in the day with Bobo Brazil and and the other forerunners for us, they had to be spectacular to get to where they were. So it's always been a, we were second fiddle. You see what I'm saying? So we were always the, we never were the marquee. You know what I mean? So even with these guys were super, were super, they wound up going against these counterparts that were white who got the cheers on the regular, but we were a spectacle. You know what I'm saying? We were just like, I don't know. We were, it was the carnival thing, man. We, we were like, oh, come see, come see the big black, whoever, come see the great, you know, whatever. Uh, but see, 
the white guys could always just be whoever they were going to be and just be tough for the nails or just be better than most or be the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't surprise me really when it comes to this uh, because we've always had to be, you know, we've always been kind of uh, in competition. You know what I mean? It's always been that way. So uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, when the rock hit the scene in the, in the late nineties and everybody, you know, everybody was talking about how, you know, he was so great. Well, we had had Ron Simmons, man. You know what I mean? We had had Ron Simmons. Let's give him his flowers. You know what I'm saying? So, and don't get me wrong. I was a, I was a huge rock fan. You know what I mean? But it was just like, it was, everybody was acting like this was the first black, uh, uh, super talented guy that we had seen, but you had Ron Simmons, you had Butch Reed, you had uh, Coco, you know what I'm saying? You even had uh, Iceman King Parsons. You, you mean you had all these people that came before him that were not even, I'm not going to say, wasn't even a mixed breed, you know what I'm saying? They were just black. But it was like, wasn't good enough, I guess. You know what I mean? They made the TV, but it wasn't like, they were able to take it to the heights that he was. Um, but that's just in that's just in history. We've always had to be 10 times better to get the same the same accolades, you know. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that, you know, our black females have come out and been beautiful or been super talented and then they their white counterparts, you know, didn't have to do as much or they achieved the same look and they got all these, this fanfare. That doesn't surprise me at all because it's been like that. So here's what it is. Now, Ronnie, you said you want to, Ronnie, you said you want to talk about all skin folk and kin folk. That is correct. Because um, you, know, yes. you know I'm going to talk about this, the all these culture shows going on. Mm, oh, let's, let's, those- Let's those were here. excellent. Were you booked on many of those, Will? I personally did not receive a call. Um, I'm going to tell you the truth. I was told by somebody who, who actually books one of those shows that I was way too... Can, can, I, can I use... What kind of language can I use in this show? It's 18 and up. Oh, okay. I was told I was too niggerish to be on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, one of the guys that actually books one of those shows was like... Nah, Huck, I can't have you on the show. You way too niggerish. You might scare some of the white guys and some of our sponsors. Yeah. You yo, might the that, scare yo, Will, the whites? Yo, Will, was the person that told you that? Was that a brother? Yeah, yeah, you know. You don't mind having white people say the word nigger during his entrance song. That's all I'm going to say. Gotcha. So the black booker <laughs> told you, another black man, that you were too black to be on a black show yes is that what i'm gathering okay yeah. i don't want to it sounded crazy to me when i and i wanted to make sure you know uh and this individual is doing this consistently or you know this is i guess it's considered one of the big shows during wrestlemania weekend okay you know um but that i mean that just goes to show like just because somebody's black doesn't mean they're going to look out for you i mean right, as exactly a, as a, as a mm-hmm. black wrestler, you just have to know that all black wrestlers aren't going to look out for you, you know. And I've tried. I sure won't. As as I progressed through my my career, my wrestling career, I've started, especially in the, the last couple of years. While I will help out anybody of any color, any young person, any young talent, I specifically go to young black men and young black women of of, of color, whether they're black or Hispanic or Asian. And I talk to them and I give them a little bit extra attention because I know how much more difficult it's going to be for them as a person of color in this business. Mm-hmm. Barrington, I heard you um, chiming in about all skin folk, not <laughs> being <laughs> the kin folk. Did you have thoughts maybe? Oh, no. I, I always have thoughts. Like I've just seen it firsthand from the time that I've come in that you can have you know, X amount of black performers on a show. And if you're the new black guy coming in, you're automatically a target. You're automatically looked at as this guy's going to take my spot or he's going to take uh, uh, Brother Love's spot or he's going to take XYZ's spot. 
And it's like, no, that's not my intent at all. You know, and despite how you say it, they'll even, you know, set up false intentions and try to say they're trying to mentor you or they're trying to look out for you and give right. you try to give you embarrassing gimmicks and try to make you do everything to look like a fucking fool, quite frankly, so that you get discouraged and you kind of fall to the wayside so that they can keep their little bit of spotlight, even though it's not that much to begin with. Well, it was like that 15 years ago, man. Oh, it's still like you know, that. I'm say, I know I've been in the game almost there. 11. I'm about to say, especially in, in Eastern Carolina, where me and Ali got our roots at, and Ronnie, like mm-hmm. 15, years ago, <laughs> 15 years ago, bro, if you if there was two, it was, I know there was like three, like three dominant black wrestlers and stuff uh, that wrestled in Eastern Carolina in my area. And mm-hmm. when I came on the scene, I got no love from those guys. I was hitting them up on MySpace for advice and stuff, and they just completely kayfabe me. They well, would see me on the show. Yes, yes, uh, well, I am from MySpace. <laughs> would you put me in your top five if we were friends on MySpace? Well, <laughs> no, I would, I would you'll be in my top. You'll be in my top eight, Ronnie. Hey! You sure about you sure about that? Well, you sure? Yeah, Ronnie, I call Ronnie my social my 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 social uh, conscience because there are times when I'm about to ready to go off the handles or I don't understand something, and I'll mm-hmm. hit up Ronnie and be like, "Hey, Ronnie, what the hell is gray rape?" Hey, Ronnie, what is this gaslighting shit everybody's talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I do remember a time when I was trying to explain feminism to Will, and his face was like, What? (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) You know that meme where it's like calculating math? He was like processing in real time, and his face was was trying to understand that. That's a damn shame. But I will always I will say, well, to your credit, here in North Carolina, from jump, the, even though you didn't feel love, you and Ali were the first males, black males, to to show up for me as a black woman here in North Carolina. Because you're right, and at the time when I broke in, there weren't a lot of black female wrestlers at all. That's why I loved it when you when me and you first talked. That's why I loved it. I was like, oh, wait. Yes, I was like, yes, we're gonna do this right here. But you know, it's funny you say that whole like. There's been, I guess, a lot of competition. Um, I just never felt the competition. You know, being an athlete, you know, you know, high school, and I just never saw. Okay, I always competed with me. So when I was in training, got out of training all of that stuff, I realized, like, I just said, you know what? I got to do this the best that I can do it. I can't do it the best, you know, as good as this person or that person. I have to do what's going to take it, you know, take me to get to where I need to be and become somebody. When I step in the ring, I can work with whoever it is that steps in there with me. Um, so I'm gonna be real when I when I step into a and they're still to this day and I'm great I'm old and great now, but when I step into a locker room I don't give a damn if you came off TV I don't give a damn if you on TV I don't care where your roots were if you in a, if you in the room with me there's not really a lot of I don't hate anybody right so but I know what I'm gonna do and I know what I'm capable of. And I look at the situation, and a lot of times I'm a bad guy, whatever, but I look at it, how can I get that person over, right? That's how we're all supposed to look at it. But you know that this guy's looking at you thinking, oh, is he going to take my spot, or I'm going to try to outshine him? I just try to work with whoever it is that I'm going to work with. And a lot of times I wind up watering myself down, you know what I mean, because I used to get a lot of, oh, he tried to work me. He tried to job me out. He tried to shoot on me or whatever. I'm just being the biggest and the baddest mofo I can be because that's what I'm here to do. You know what I mean? Now, it's not up to me to make you go 100%. I can only, I've been in, I've been in the ring so many times with people where in the back, it said one thing. So when you get out, your fire, if I say, you say you're going to fire up on me and you wind up pity patting, I can't make you come harder than that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to get upset about it. 
because you're killing the fucking business. Period. You're killing the fucking business. So once I finish tattooing your ass, hopefully you wake up. But that's not hate. <laughs> that's love for the business, love for making everything look good, love for making everything look intense. But there's no, I never felt that, that, that competition. Now I heard it from a few people that were supposed to be black mentors. So you would have thought they would have been black mentors because they would have been in the business for a minute before me. But instead of getting that encouragement, what I got was me and this guy right here. What we got was, oh, you're never going to be shit. Y'all ain't going to be shit in this business. I said, oh, okay. Uh, me and him were in the ring one, maybe twice in my career. But after that second time, I, all of a sudden, it was no, there was no inner intermingling after that. Well, Everything is I, I, um, I, I think it's different being in the South. And even though I don't, even though, you know, the rest of the world doesn't consider Florida the South, you know, y'all still geographically Southern. Um, I just think it's different here in the South where, you know, we all know the same black promoter. It was like, I remember at one point there was, what, one black promoter in North Carolina. Um, and he had, if you looked at his roster, Who look at the on his roster. Oh, Viper. Said, Viper. Viper had probably one of the best rosters in Carolina, but his ego as an older black wrestler wouldn't allow him to let the, to let the young black wrestling talent shine. Um, he certainly let his son shine. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Continue well. Stop it, Rudy. Stop. I'm sorry. She's she's on the truth, though. No, she's not wrong. She's not wrong at all. I don't feel well. I'm being very petty. I'm gonna rein it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Go ahead. I've actually talked to him. I think his a lot of his philosophy was kind of like every older guy that's in this business. Really, if you can't take it from me or make me. Because most of the older guys that have been in there and that are considered to be uh, not hookers, but kind of know how to shoot, know how to really get it, how they live a little bit. It's like, if you don't make it look real, then I'm not about to, I'm not going to sell it. And I hear this from a lot of old school players. Like, well, if you go to hit me and it doesn't look like it's supposed to hurt or if it doesn't sound off, then I'm going to no sell it. And I think a lot of that, you know, because I heard a lot about Viper before I even met him. You know what I'm saying? So when I, I, I wasn't even fully out of training, and everybody could say, "Oh, don't, don't, don't get in the ring with Viper. Don't, don't, don't do that. He'll shoot on you." Then I got in the ring with Viper, and we worked well together. Now it may have been just my style. I don't know, but I tend to try to make things look as real as possible, and that may have been what it was. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is the fact that with all the young wrestlers he had on that car, me, Joe Black, ATL, RTG, Ronnie, you, the Gorilla Squad, like he had, he had some of the best young black talent that you could have had besides Cedric Alexander, I think at that time. And it was, for some reason, none of us got over besides his son. And then you, and he didn't try, in my opinion, he didn't try to really mentor any of us. Uh, he, he really kept a lot of us low on the card and stuff. You know what I'm saying? He would bring his buddies in and bring his buddies over on us. Um, and as a vet now, I know that my job is to not only help the show out, but to make sure I teach the young talent, especially a young black talent. Hey, in like five, 10 years when I'm done, you have to be ready to take my spot. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of black wrestlers, young and old, who are afraid to be a mentor, who are afraid to learn, who are afraid to give another black wrestler that that boost, you know what I'm saying, whether it's career-wise or whether it's morale-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's nah, going to get you. Go ahead, I, I, Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, and like uh, like a lot, everything that you guys talking about, I dealt with it too, man. Like, um, like, uh, like there's been several times where like, um, There'll be companies out here and they have a bunch of brothers on there and I'm the one that's held out of it. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's not a lack of talent thing. It's it's not a lack of professionalism thing. It's just that obviously somebody feels threatened. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't it should it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. You know what I'm saying? And one of the problems is um with all the toxic stuff that goes on in this business, 
like a lot of times, um, a lot of the brothers um, don't look out for each other. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that to me, that's corny. You know what I mean? Like, um, like you should always you should always look out for each other. Like if if you worried about somebody taking your spot, then it then it wasn't your spot. You know what I mean? Like, don't be worried about somebody coming in. Like that's you know what I'm saying that's telling you to step your game up. Your spot, your spot can't be taken if you're doing your job. You know what I mean? Like, like and, and it gets very frustrating where like um like I try to look out for I try to look out for everybody, you know what I'm saying? And then like like there's been cats that came up after me, right? And like um I'll look out for them as much as I possibly can. And then like some time will go by, and then when I'm around them, I'll notice the vibes are different. You know what I'm saying? And like and I'm wondering why, but but when it like after a few times that it happened, I already knew it's like somebody's getting in that person's ear saying, well, Jesus, jealous, Jesus, whatever, whatever. And it's never the case. You know what I'm saying? So these cats don't just go off of what somebody else is telling them instead of being a man and having a conversation, because that's the thing. Like you can't like if you're going to listen to what somebody else says and not go to, and not go to the person and talk to them about it, then you corny. You're not a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I have an issue with someone, if I have something to say, I'll pull them aside and talk to them. And, and it's crazy. It's crazy that, like, the brothers don't look out for each other enough. And, and and then also, like, there's been, like, a lot of um a lot of old heads that I looked up to, like, from back in the day, where, like, when I interact with them, um, like, you can, it, it's the, it's the, it's the exact definition of all skin folk gang, all skin folk gang skin folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you'll interact with them and all you get is a bunch of this, you know what I'm saying? Like they'll look out for some of the brothers, but the brothers that they're looking out for, they're all the same type, meaning that they're the type that's going to like believe anything that they're told. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to ask, they're not going to question it. They're just going to believe it because it's so-and-so telling them that, oh, this is such and such. I looked up to them, so they must be right. Nah, you know what I mean? And, and like, um, I've been like, uh, like um, cast it out. Because I'm the type that'll stand on my tooth, that'll stand on my own too. And if I have a question, I'll ask him about it. You know what I'm saying? I'll call him out on it. But um, you know what I'm saying? But 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 when you do that, then all of a sudden you're a hothead, you're unprofessional. This kid just doesn't get it. Nah, that ain't it. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man first. So if I if I feel like you telling me some BS, I'm a we're gonna talk about it. You know what I'm saying? You can't get mad at me. For, for for speaking up about stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been old heads that'll be like, all right, yeah, we like what you're doing. Um, here, here's my contact info. Hit me up. You'll hit them up and you get nothing. You know what I'm saying? And then when you see that person, you ask them about it, all of a sudden you're uh you're aggressive to them. When you're like, yo, bro, you you were the one that extended your contact for me to contact you because you wanted to do business. Now all I'm doing is following up and and now I'm the one that's a problem. It's crazy, man. It now, here's no my I think the worst thing that could have happened to black wrestlers was fucking Twitter. I'm not even going to lie. Twitter is the worst thing to ever happen to the black wrestling community. Yep. I've never yep. been on Twitter, so. You know you have no, I've never been on Twitter. Hell, yeah, I missed like, I miss my shit, Ali. <laughs> Hey, I miss I miss my space. I damn it didn't get on Facebook, so it is what it is. Hey, but you know what, um, Black G's, I think you hit the nail on the head. But I think what it is, I don't think necessarily anybody got in those people's ears because when I was when I first got in, I always heard everybody use that word ego as a black spot for mm-hmm. each person. So like with me, they said, oh, he's arrogant and he's cocky and he's got an ego. So they tried to put the black spot on me. I wasn't even fully out of damn training yet. So what happens? Everybody thinks that I'm arrogant. Everybody thinks, and they still think that I am. But it's not that I'm arrogant. It's not that I'm cocky. And I have no ego because like Huck said, it makes no difference to me. I will put you over. I will give you motivation. I will talk to you and tell you what you're doing well. I'll tell you what you're not doing well. I'll tell you how you can fix it if I can figure it out. Um, I will offer to help you when I have my facility. Hey, come down. Come come talk to me. Let's train a little bit. Let's see this, figure this out. Like, that's just the kind of person that I am. Like, I don't have that ego. They get it misconstrued because ADOT 
it's all ego. You see what I'm saying? So, and I'm one of those people that I slide in and out of ADOT easily. Um, but I think what it is is those people see you and they get threatened. Mm-hmm. And they look at you and they go, oh my goodness, he's about his business. Mm-hmm. When he goes in, when he gets in the ring, he's going to go 110%. But I can't go 110%. I'm not as good. So then their ego makes them wonder if they're going to lose their spot because they know it's inevitable. When mm-hmm. you come in there with, I don't even know you personally, but I, but talking right now, I'm like, okay, he's con- he's a confident guy. He's not arrogant. He's not an egotistical maniac. He's just confident. Right. He trains, he works out, he does his craft, he practices his craft, and he goes out there and gives 110%. And that's really what everybody is supposed to do. Well, I'm not even going to lie. I got an ego. I don't give a shit because shut it up, me- Will. <laughs> no, but but that's the thing, though. Barrington, I want you to respond, and then we will let old Fred Sanford respond. Uh- <laughs> Fred Sanford, yo, go go go, Black Thanos, go. Oh, uh, basically, no. Just I've had my own experiences with standing up for myself and being a man in a position where. You know, they bring me in to do one specific thing and I do it well. And they want to just kind of pigeonhole me in that specific role to either make sure the other black talent looks better by comparison or so that I really don't see my full potential. This is when I was on TV. Like, let's just let the cat out the bag. And it got really frustrating when I got put into an opportunity to be in an elevated plane and they saw that I could hang with the rest of them and they didn't know what to do. They really didn't know what to do because they're like, shit, he really went out there and showed his ass, didn't he? But we got to knock him back down. So they started bringing in other talent to try to out showcase me. They, you know, a lot of things like that. And it's not saying that it's the other talent's fault because, hey, they got an opportunity. But it gets really frustrating when you ask for the opportunity to run with the ball, you run with it and you're punished for it, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Well, you respond. <laughs> um, I'm serious like this. I like I said, um, you have a lot of black wrestlers, male and female, who have that Candace Owens mentality. It's like you want to shit on black wrestlers until black wrestlers until you need the black wrestling community. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, I don't give a damn about black G's and you know what I'm saying, let's keep black G's and Ali and Branch, let's keep them off the show until we need them on the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, in, in my opinion, like I said, I, I think Twitter is the worst thing about having a black wrestler is just because all of a sudden now we as wrestlers are able to to create clicks. And you, well, Ali does it because he's not on Twitter. Smart guy. I might have to delete mine now. Uh, but you no, see, no, but the, I want to. <laughs> bro, no, because it's so clicky on 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 Twitter, not even Facebook, but on Twitter, it's super clicky. And if you're not, you know, kissing these guys' asses and Man, and creating the right tweets and saying the right hashtags, or whatever, they'll keep you off the shows. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask me, there's nothing more cultural when it comes to black wrestling than black G's. Like I told him on this podcast, like I told him in person, like I knew exactly who he was and I knew his catchphrase, don't you, hey, don't fuck up the church's money. How is that not black culture? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ali Steele, the black Muhammad Ali, how is that not black culture? You know what I'm saying? Everybody, every black person I know loves fucking comic books. We got black Thanos. How is that not black culture? You know, we're different shades, different sizes, come from different backgrounds. I ain't gonna front. I'd like to run with y'all a little bit. I want to run with you. <laughs> hey, Barrington, I want your ass, son. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Whatever you ready, Pop. Y'all. Whenever you ready, pop, let's do I've it. I've been thinking about selling for you since the, since shit five years oh, yeah. ago. Okay. Come on, Excuse man. Me. I've, yeah. I've been what I've been requesting a match for a long time now. Okay, so you already know I got the line you up next, Ronnie. I'm not even worried about you. No, I'm not talking to you, Big B. I don't care. I'm, I'm talking to you. to you. I've been requested a match, Mister Steele. Okay. Hey, you know, hey, I'm gonna be real blunt and I'm gonna be real honest right now. I was running from Ronnie because Ronnie throws a mean fucking chop. Bruh, let me tell you something. Damn. Hey, let me tell you something. I think she will chop the shit out of you. You hear me? Bruh, as the only person on this day is who has actually been in the ring with Ronnie, she kicked me so hard in the ribs in our fucking match because I came out to whoop that trick. 
Joe Black was on the sideline screaming, man, you better fight back and she gonna fuck you up. You, you kind of asked for that by coming out there. He, exactly. Hey, you hey, set you know the terms of the match, William, and I worked within them. You said what hey, that look, trick, I you told, just didn't know I the trick was from here. the very beginning. I told Ronnie from the very beginning, in every match is a part and there's a point that you have to snap. Once you snap, everything is real to you. The yeah. whole everything is real. Your mm-hmm. music must have made her snap. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I was nice. Yeah. Where I especially because day. he changed the music, y'all, just for that match. He was not coming out to that music previously. He changed it specifically to wrestle me. And you thought you were gonna come out there and whoop that trick? Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, Huck. That was brilliant. Huck, that's brilliant. Though. Look, I was I was a champion and I was a heel. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, oh. Yeah, you had to do it. You had to do it. Psychological. But you know what you got to do. You got to take it. You got to take that ass whooping. Look, I'm going to tell you the truth. Hey, y'all, I'm going to tell you, I can't believe I paid to get my ass whooped. (laughs) (laughs) I paid to get my ass whooped. I think that was a great investment of your money, William. (laughs) Hey, I'm all things considered. You can tell uh, Ronnie stuff in the middle of the ring and she gonna go with it because one thing about it, she a fighter. You tell her to fire up, you're not gonna get what you normally get. Mm-hmm. I've told people, hey man, you need to fire back and they come back with that bullshit and then I have to wind up super selling to try to make this fucker look good. You ain't gonna have to sell much. You know what? That's her. Hey, that's Y'all making me sound like a shooter and I don't really like No, that. no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> I mean, we're not, not wrong though. Okay, hey, I'm not saying that at all, Ronnie. Because if you if you're a shooter, then I'm a shooter, and that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> we have a thing called realism. The whole reason the Gorilla Squad was created was it was supposed to be go realer, but of course that's a fake word, so you had to say gorilla. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that where his name came from? Yeah, I'm starting to get there. Hey, let's let's now, be honest. Here's here's further proof that all skin folk ain't kin folk. When Ronnie was one of the few black women who went to Japan several times on tour, right? Why is she not super famous? Nobody, nobody was really riding for her besides people that knew Ronnie. Same yeah. as Trevor Eon. Trevor Eon was picked. You know what I'm saying? To by by the, the the All Japan Dojo to go to Japan and and work. And nobody really rode for these guys. You know what I'm saying? Because Ronnie isn't part of the in crowd. She can, I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say no names. Ronnie, I almost said a name. Ronnie, I almost got you. You can camp. say you can say whomever's name you would like. I might drop a name or two tonight myself. It's just because I don't see Ronnie sharing. You know, a lot of Faye Jackson or AJ Gray's posts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? She's not cool with, with all of them. Um, so you know, maybe that's Ooh. why you know all the big shows, Ronnie. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well. I, hey. I can't speak to other people's minds, but what I will say is that I came in this business already a professional. Like I already had done stuff outside in entertainment. Like I grew up in entertainment. I was a pageant kid. I was a model. I modeled for fucking girlfriends LA when I was like a pageant kid. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Big pageant girl. Okay. I'll bring out some of those crowns. I look fantastic in them. Um, <sighs> but like I, w- I was acting, you know, I was singing, I was doing all of these things. I was a semi-pro cheerleader when I broke into professional wrestling. So I was already in an environment where it was like kill or be killed for a lot of my career. So when I came into wrestling, I already had the attitude. And after being told by my trainers, you're a black woman, you're going to have to work 10 times harder for less and get used to the racism. And they are some misogyny and they may try to rape you, but be okay with it. We'll go into that another time. But so when I, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's mm. two trainers actually. Yes. Who the hell yes. can be? Hey, you might get ready. It's okay. Just go with it. <laughs> so wow. after I heard all of that, I was just like, uh, no. <laughs> like, no, thank you. I appreciate it, but I don't, in my spirit, that doesn't work for me. So I'm going to have to opt out. And everybody took that as, oh, you're a bitch. You got an attitude. I was called uppity. I was called uh, arrogant, um, sassy, which is partially true, but it was all in the context of you're being too much as a black person, play your role and be happy with the scraps we give you. You you may not get paid this show, but 
you EC3 is walking out with a bag, but you didn't get paid because the house was light. Like I was not okay with that. You know what I mean? So saying that coming in, I I don't consider it a disadvantage, but I could see how in entertainment that has been a big reason. Because you're right, I'm not in the cliques. Because I don't fucking fuck with cliques like that. I fuck with tribes. And if you're in my tribe, that's a different thing. That means we are family. I go to war for you. You go to war for me. And that is Mm -hmm. not what entertainment is. So there's no reason for me to try to build that within wrestling when I know what it is. I have my tribe outside of wrestling. I was lucky to find people, some who are on this call. Most of y'all, actually all of y'all, I consider friends. And I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for wrestling. But this was a process. Will can tell you, we've had to go through it to be friends. Barrington could tell you too, we go through it to be friends. You can't do that with everybody. And I don't have the energy to put into somebody just so they could book me on a show. You're going to book me because I was in Japan for four years and I got my ass beat to the ground and I came back stronger and better than any of these trampoline-based bitches that you have on your show. That's why you're going to use that phrase? Trampoline-based bitches. I like that. Look, and you don't know North Carolina is the the king of the backyarders. I don't know what they do everywhere, but it seems like everybody here in North Carolina started in somebody's backyard on a trampoline for some reason. (laughs) And they try to take your spot for $20 on a damn show. Right. Yeah. So I do, I think you guys have a point with like, if you come in with the mentality of, no, I deserve better. I want better and not just for me, but for everyone who's coming behind me and for this fucking business, then you are a threat. And that's okay. Cause if you're threatened by that, then maybe you shouldn't be in the business. Hmm. Maybe this is well, a These people hate my whole fucking squad. These motherfuckers want me to be a singles wrestler so bad. But I can tell you why though. I, I can tell you why. The, the, I'm gonna be honest. Like there is a war. I think Cat Williams said it. There is a war in professional wrestling against niggas who are real. When you look at, and let's be honest, most of us like, man, I wish D-Mac could meet. I wish Black Jesus could meet D-Mac because D-Mac is real. Like, there is no, there's no kayfabe. There's no gimmick to D-Mac. Like, there's like, no gimmick there. Yeah, like, he is 100%. When you see him in the ring, you see him backstage, that's how he is on his block. When you see Will Huckabee, there's no gimmick here. I laugh, I joke, I clown, but I'm super quick to pistol whip somebody if it comes down to that. Like, That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope you're not still traveling with that, Will. Okay. Huh? I said, I hope you're not still traveling with that. Huh? <laughs> well, shit. Listen, man. Said, well, done. Russia just well, Russia just in Ukraine, bro. I don't know what you're talking listen, about. <laughs> listen, listen. I think everybody needs to have that thing once and again. You know what I'm saying? I look. I, it's the Second Amendment for a reason, just in case the first don't work. Um, <laughs> I'm, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's if you are real, if you're real, and there's no fakery about you. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have to talk to Black G's backstage. To realize this is a grown man that he's that he's not for play. He's here to do his business. You know what I'm saying? And you're not going to just come up to him with bullshit and think that he's going to take him a spoonful. And when you and when you see people like that backstage, if you're not real, if you're not genuine, if you're not honest, if you don't know who yourself is as a person, you're immediately threatened. And if you're a black person and you recognize that you see a real black person, whether they're from the hood or they're from the suburbs. That's an immediate threat because you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Appreciate you, Will. Anytime. I'm trying to get some of the church's money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barrington, you are, as Will said, Florida is the South, mm-hmm. uh, even though <laughs> y'all kind of do your own thing down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida's real wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. What is your experience with black wrestlers there because it seems like y'all are kind of sparse uh in terms of like a big concentrated amount it seems like a lot of y'all's wrestlers come from you know georgia and travel down so what was your experience um yeah you pretty much you pretty much hit it right there like when i broke in in 2011 there were one two three four five black wrestlers in south florida and most of them work for one promotion and they were kind of clickish. And I mean, that's since subsided and we've gotten more talent since then, but 
it was it was bad. And then being the new guy on the block, it was like they were like, "Who the fuck is this guy? This fat motherfucker? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck you think you coming in to do what? Nah, fuck you." It was like there for a hot minute, <laughs> you know. Had to travel out, get to Central Florida where there were a couple more guys, and then get out of state where a few more guys. But yeah, in Florida, there are very few and far between black wrestlers. When they are there, they they either don't last long or they get picked up by a major promotion. <laughs> it, it, it just does not last long down here at all. Black wrestlers in Florida do not have a long shelf life unless they create their own promotion and extend their own shelf life. Do you have a, a lot of black there. promotions there? Oh, go ahead, Ali. No, no, go ahead, because that's right no, on there, but I'll, I'll ask it. Ali, go. I got a question go for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Have you found that Okay, we all understand about being a black wrestler, but if you're not the stereotypical black wrestler, have you found it an issue? Because I am nowhere near the stereotypical black wrestler. When I go out there, I am, I am, I try to be, I can be technical. I try to be cunning. If I'm going to be a heel, uh, I try to, even though I'm six five, three hundred something pounds, almost four hundred pounds, it's not gonna always be the big black walk around. Uh, it's always gonna be something else. Hell, I may slip you. You know what I mean? I may reverse. I may do something that's kind of slick. It's not stereotypical. You know what I'm saying? And I found, um, I feel like people have had an issue with that. Um, not to my face, because not a lot of these motherfuckers talk to me in my face. I always hear about it. You know what I'm saying? Later. Oh man, I heard this or I heard that, but it's never been it's never been spoken to me straight up. Um this person had a has a has an issue with this, but I would have just seen that person. You know what I mean? And they were all slapping dab, how you doing, brother? Oh man, love you this and love you that. You know what I mean? But, brother, 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 yeah, brother, 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 with the hard right. eye. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but have y'all have y'all found and I know Huck said he's, you know, he's hood number one. Uh but even in that, that's not a stereotypical wrestler. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of non-traditional to wrestling because they want you to come in, bow down, take all the ass whooping, don't give any, you know. So have you found it hard to just be who you're going to be and broaden your horizons, I guess, is the question. For, for I mean, let's go, G's, you go, and then Will, you go. I mean, um, like, for the most part, people always expect me to be the angry black guy. You know what I'm saying? So um, that that's what they yeah. always expect. But it's like, you know how it is, bro, when you get when you get more and more experience, you're able to just adapt. So it's like everywhere I go, you know what I'm saying, I just adapt to the situation. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm not the angry black guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm all around. You know what I'm saying? Like when it when it, when it calls for that, it's there. You know what I'm saying? But at this point, I don't have to go anywhere and just be the angry black dude. You know what I'm saying? So um like for me, it's just a matter of being able to adapt. But 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 that thing, but it's always there. And that's another thing that's always gonna be there. Like people expect black guys to just be the angry guy or just be the the flippy guy, you know what I'm saying? Where we're like um other races are, are allowed to be whatever they want to be. You know and I'm saying that's a problem that's never going to stop. But it, it's all it's up to us to just adapt to the situations and stand on our own, stand on our own too and do what we and do what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like um when you when you good at it, you know what I'm saying, people are going to buy what you're selling. You know what I'm saying? Like like refuse to be put in a box. That's what I say. Refuse to be put in a box. You know what I'm saying? Stand on your own too at all times. You don't have to be what they feel you should be. Be what you want to be. And you know what I'm saying? And make it happen. That that's what I say about it. I've been my all my years I've done, I've been trying to do that. And that's how I know people don't like like the squad. You know what I'm saying? They didn't they didn't understand it. They didn't understand how four brothers could go different places and 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 actually coincide and exist in the same spot. And the egos didn't get crazy. You know, mm -hmm. um, they did, they don't understand it, so they always want to kind of reinvent the squad when we get there. Or, oh well, we don't need everybody. You don't worry about if you need all of us. We're doing the squad, so 
where you see one, you see all four of us, you know, um, we take care of that. If you book me, then you pay me. You know what I'm saying? You let us worry about our gimmick. Um, but, you know, Gene, I, I got to figure out, hey, you got to give me your address, man, because I got I got this place called Snap City. <laughs> and uh, it's basically when you have to go to the angry black man in the match and you have to snap, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's always there. I'm not always the angry black man, but when I have to be that, it calls for it, that's where I go. And... Uh, Hey, I got to get you one of them T-shirts, man. What about you, Al? I don't know. I think uh, I've, I've gone through very several incarnations of, of me as a wrestler. Like, I started off as the Dancing Hip Hop Guys remix, and that was, like, the first gimmick given to me was, like, remix and stuff. There was, like, a hip-hop gimmick. I, I had, like, the horrible, shiny pleather pants that everybody had back in the, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and then I was given the the... I guess what I call the Carlton Banks gimmick, where I was like the all-American, African-American who went to Brown University. Uh, and so I tried to do stuff that, that I guess, corporate wrestling, white wrestling, whatever you want to call it, uh, said that I had to do in order to be successful. And it wasn't until I started traveling and meeting other Black wrestlers from other areas around the country where I felt comfortable, you know, just being myself. And then I say the last three years you know i had this huge feud with joe black down in georgia where we were able to be more than just angry black wrestlers where we were we were able to tell a story about you know we basically tell the story of Cain and abel and, and being brothers and how brothers fight um that i was like okay i've given enough to this damn business i can kind of be myself now and so now i'm at a point now in my wrestling career where i'm like if I'm getting booked for a show, it's for one of two reasons. Either you're paying me a lot of money to leave my house and not to go work my shoot job where I make a lot of fucking money at now. Or two, I'm having fun. And if it's not for those two reasons, then I'm not leaving. I don't, I'll still do, if, if you know, if I'm booked or whatever, I'll still try to do whatever the booker wants. But if I'm not enjoying myself or if I don't feel like it's something that I would do personally, I'm just not going to do it. And I feel like at this point, I've kind of earned that right to say, nah, I'm not doing that. Oh, like, for instance, last month, this promoter wanted us to, to gig. He wants to bleed uh, on a run-in. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. You like, said on a run-in, there was not yeah. a story that had a build to it that would culminate in this large crescendo of a gusher of it blood. We found out afterwards that it would have paid off like nine months from now. Totally but I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that when you off. You didn't tell me that when you, you know, had the idea. So no, I'm not. I'm not cutting myself. You're not paying me enough to cut myself, and that shit's not fun. Sorry. I didn't fuck for them nine months. I'm not about to do it. Right. <laughs> like I didn't, unless there are nine months of dates lined up and I can see what the story that we're trying to tell is that's extremely dangerous especially in a pan we're in a whole panini like mm -hmm. I don't COVID has a not left goddamn I don't know why people <laughs> right I don't we know, Ponderosa, like what's first happening all, no I'm not all, doing body fluids first, first of all Ronnie let me tell you something there might be a pandemic where you at but I know in Florida and definitely here in Atlanta we ain't got no pandemic, all right? I don't, know, I don't know what y'all doing in the rest of the country. Ain't no pandemic in Atlanta, all right? Because Magic City never closed, okay? Like, my local chicken spot never closed. The liquor store stays open. Like, I don't know what y'all doing with y'all sales, but... Hey, huh? Hey, huh? Up here, the liquor store didn't stop either because they knew if that liquor store closed, motherfuckers were committing suicide. Huh. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Well, Ronnie, we ain't got no pandemic down here, like... Y'all tripping. <laughs> like y'all just got weak loans. I don't know what to tell you. What? Smoke <laughs> <laughs> too many cigars, huh? So Barrington and G's, this question is for you. Um, G's, you go first, and then Barrington. Um, who has been an actual skin folk for you? Who has been someone that you found within the industry? Not like because we don't know your your shoot lives, but within the industry that has exemplified the things that you have tried to demonstrate as like being good mentor, being professional, being you know an asset, or you know that has just poured into you in some way. Jeezy and uh, then Barrington. Definitely Two Cold Scorpio. Two Cold Scorpio is somebody that I looked up to for years. You know what I'm saying? And from the time that I met him, like he 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 exemplified like um a true OG, a true old head. You know what I'm saying? He's all about he's all about helping the brothers out. He's all about 
helping everybody, but he's definitely someone that I looked up to that didn't disappoint me. Um, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of cats, man. I, the, I would be naming people like all night, but like uh, homicide, you know what I mean? Um, damn, man, why are names escaping me? But you know what I'm saying? There, there's been there's been a lot that that definitely mentored me. And, and and with good dudes, you know what I'm saying? And like um uh the the thing that bothers me is the couple of cats that I have looked up to, you know what I'm saying, that that were like really um that 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 just disappointed me, man. You know, you know what I'm saying? It just it just it it just aggravated me that like, you know what I'm saying, you 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 try to make it they try to make it seem like they all about helping us, but they they definitely don't. You know what I'm saying? There's one in particular that uh, somebody told me a long time ago was like, nah, he's not about us. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't believe the person that told me. I was, I was like, nah, bro, you, you can't be right. But then I met this person and, and, and they proved that they're not about us. And, and it's sad because I looked up to this cat for years. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's sad. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It shouldn't be that way. It's corny. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you're in a position to where like um, you can help other brothers make it, where you can help people make it, and like you just you're just all about this, then you shouldn't have that job, bro. Like you you it, it, it's it, you're a clown in my view. You're not a man. You know what I'm saying? Like you're put in a position where like like you can actually help somebody make it, and you just abuse it. You just you just it, it's just corny to me. Like it's unprofessional. It's corny. It's not being a man. You know what I mean? That's why like like for years like I never wanted to do anything other than be a performer. But now. Like um, when it's time to hang up the boots, I definitely want to be somebody that's that's behind the scenes, whether it's an agent, whether it's a coach, whatever, whether it's whether I'm in a, a large company and I'm helping people, helping talent get booked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely want that position because it's a very important position. You know what I'm saying? And it's a position to have and to actually do the job. You know what I'm saying? People that abuse that position, they should be out of the business. You know what I mean? Yes, 100% agree. Barrington, who for you has been an actual skin folk and a true, you know, mentor or exemplified what you hope this business will be in the future? The first person that comes to mind is MVP. Um, reason being, and I know, I know you have your reservations about him, Ronnie. I completely understand. But from the time I stepped onto TV, he took me under his wing. He showed me the professional way to do things. He took the time to make sure that I understood the ins and outs. He made sure that I sat in production meetings, knew what was expected of me, knew my times, knew all that stuff to work TV because he was like, you have the potential to do this on higher levels. He saw me beyond, you know, the one place we were at at the time and said, you can do more. You can be better. You can do better. And I need you to start exemplifying that, which I did. And the promoter there didn't like that. They wanted me to just have that happy to be here mentality and just do whatever and go with the motions. And when I started putting my foot down and standing up for myself and suggesting different things, then it rocked the boat a little bit. But I do not regret it at all. And I still hold him in high regard to this day. And he still is a mentor to me to this day. I am glad that there are at least some who are out there who believe in what we all believe in passing on knowledge and helping the business, not just ourselves, because when the business is flourishing and it's done right and well, everybody benefits from that. Um, Ali, I'm going to let you, and then Will will finish uh, with you. Who are your uh, skin folk and the best mentors that have helped you? Ali, you go first. I'm going to be real honest. Um, I was sitting here thinking about that. Uh, I've had negative, uh, negative examples, you know, and that kind of was my mentor. Uh, the only person, and this was after, well, when I first came in, I met uh, Caprice Coleman uh, for the first time. I was still in, in training. He was super nice. He was super cordial. He was super enthusiastic. He let me know, like, yo, just talking to him. And I met him and I met Cole Cash the same day. 
Um, those two guys, they kind of ruined it for everybody else because they were super enthusiastic. They were super helpful. They were telling us all kinds of stuff, like in a joking manner of what not to do, what to do. Um, and I'm saying this was all in one sitting, you know what I mean? So, uh, those are the closest to mentors that I can say I had because everybody else uh, was a peer. And then the other ones, they weren't messing with me. You know what I mean? They weren't, you know, they were, you're not going to be shit, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't even know if, if, if Caprice realizes that he's, you know, he was a, a mentor to me because I think when I met him, I was still I was older than him. You know, he had been in the business for for a while, but he was just so young. But uh, like I said, he was enthusiastic, super talented. Uh, oh man, seeing him, matter of fact, now that you make me think about it, watching him do, he was the first one, one of the first people in general, other than AJ Styles, that I ever saw with my own two eyes that could say, "I'm gonna do this," and it wasn't. Uh, I'm going to do this. It was, no, I'm going to do this 450 or I'm going to do this shooting star. Hey, I'm going to jump to this. And he would do it on a consistent basis. It wasn't no attempts. It wasn't, hey, I may miss it. It was none of that. And I was like, this dude is phenomenal. And then talking on the microphone, you already know Caprice. Like, oh, he could, I was like, wow. You know, you felt like you met somebody when you when I met him for the first time. And I was like, wow. Okay, but him and Cold Cash being that giving off the gate, it set this precedence for me that hey, when I get when I get to the point where I have some 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 experience under my belt, I'm not gonna hold it and dangle it over everybody's head. I'm not gonna sit there and and hate on them. Like I never felt anything for me to one of them to. Uh, like hate or ego or being egotistical or or like they thought I was going, you know. And don't get me wrong, I know they probably said, "Man, this little young, this dude ain't gonna ever take my spot." You know what I'm saying? Because they both to me were phenomenal, you know. Um, but I never felt anything negative from them too. But then when I started dealing with other people and got out of there, then I was like, "Oh wow!" So I guess those are the only two in this business. Huh? So I didn't really have anybody but those two. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were phenomenal. What about you, Will? Who's your, your skin folk or your mentor? Uh, it took me, shit, I guess 13 years. I'm kind of like Ali. It took me like 13 years to actually find a person of color or another black man that I would call a mentor. Um, I guess like mine would be like John Davis. Like he's somebody that every time I see him, you know what I'm saying, he always pulls me to the side. Hey, how you doing today, man? How's the family? How's your life going? Uh, after my match, he pulls me to the side without even asking, here's what you're doing right, here's what you're doing wrong. And then throughout the month, just randomly throughout the month, you know, kind of like you, Ronnie, he'll just hit me up. Hey, man, just checking on you, seeing how you're doing. Um, if I have advice or whatever, or if I need advice or if there's somebody that asked me for advice and I can't help him, I send him in his direction because I'm like, well, I don't know the answer. I can't help you. But this guy can. Um, as far as skin folk, uh, I think I've been very lucky to find something here in Georgia uh, that unfortunately I wasn't able to find in North Carolina, just being from Eastern Carolina and not being in that Charlotte, Winston-Salem, Greensboro area. And I think me, you and Ali know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I was able to find like, as Ronnie would call it, I was able to find my tribe down here in Atlanta. So as far as skin folk, these are guys who I feel think like me. Uh, they're more than just, wrestling brothers these are people like throughout the week we talk randomly we talk about each other's families we go to visit each other we hang out and stuff uh of course everybody knows like joe black's like my my closest friend uh but matt hankins brian blaze shane marks uh jeter trevor eon eric silva austin towers like those are my guys i guess you could call it. like those are the guys that when i need help or if i need a show to lean on uh those are the guys that i call you know what i'm saying like if you know we're in the locker room, it's always fun and jokes. There's no ego. If I need advice, so I'm like, hey, I need a good spot to put here. These are the guys I know are going to give me the best ideas without making me look stupid. 
uh, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that they don't have any ulterior motives in our friendship. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why I call them like those are my guys. That's the those are the people that I can rely on. That's my skin folk in wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It's a, I ain't gonna say it's a very small group, but it's a very close knit type group. And we keep each other in check. You know what I'm saying? We we kind of keep each other in line and in order. And by default, you know, with other young upcoming black wrestlers, uh, if we see them messing up, I might they might not I might not be tight with, them. you know, I might not be tight with young black wrestler A. But I know that, you know, Jeter is, or Jeter has worked a couple of shows with him. Hey, Jeter, I've noticed this about this kid. Or I heard this. Can you talk to him for me? Or can you talk to him and kind of give him a heads up? Like he's kind of, he started to get a reputation, et cetera, et cetera. And then vice versa, you know, if there's a young guy that they can't get through to. They'll ask me, hey, can you talk to this kid? Because I've tried to talk to him several times and it's just not working. So I, I think I've gotten very lucky just moving down here to the A and finding people who were just like me and kind of accept me for who I am. Because, you know, Ronnie, you know, at times I could be outlandish, and very old. <laughs> I don't know if I would use the word outlandish. Uh, I think you were just a really quirky person. The hood, you're hood quirky. So, <laughs> you know, and you know, here in North Carolina, if you're not, a certain way, then you're not accepted. But it's really heartening to hear that, you know, you found that there, especially because Georgia is, you know, another hotbed of wrestling in the South. So having those connections and building upon a network of community there and changing, you know, by those small measures, that's large work. So can't believe I'm saying this, but well done, Will. <laughs> that's the uh, only compliment you're getting from me live on air ever <laughs> but um i want to thank you guys so much for joining me for part two of our amazing conversation previously this has been just an awesome experience and to share my mentors uh most of them are on this call except for one <laughs> um so i have to to thank you guys especially um for <laughs> the times that I've called you, uh, the times you've bailed me out of trouble in the ring and out of the ring. <laughs> uh, although some of you have left me stranded in trouble. Um, yeah, well, I'm never letting it go. Okay, no one told you to try to do lucha when you are a Negro. Negro lucha is not in your real house, okay? And you stranded me, all right? And I will never forgive you. Well, damn. All right, so, sorry. You did this. You did this. Anyway, thank you guys for being here, for having this conversation, for just sharing, because I honestly believe people are only going to know and be able to change and do better if we talk about it, if we're open about it. Transparency, for me, in my opinion, gets shit done. When you know what's up, when you can see things from multiple perspectives, you can make better decisions for yourself, for your business, if you're a promoter, and for wrestling in general. Um, so thank you guys. This is the finale of Sunday Sessions Volume 2. I'm so grateful for you to have been through the whole month of February with us. Please stay tuned for the next project. Thank you, Barrington Hughes. Thank you, Will Huckabee. Thank you, Ali Steele. And thank you, Black G's, for joining. I have been and always will be Ronnie Big Bang Nicole, the Joshi Queen Supreme. Please make sure you like and subscribe to my channel and make sure you follow all of these guys on social media platforms. You'll find all their info in the description and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye, babes. Mm -hmm.